Blog Talk Radio. Coast. It was over at uh, 
uh, right around midnight. So a lot of people didn't get to see the finish of the race. Can you really blame NASCAR for not throwing that last caution, uh, being as late as it was? Um, you know, nothing happened. So, I, you know, really, uh, we were just looking for something to discredit Chase Elliott. And I'd be the first if I could discredit him. I, I think I would. But uh, in this in this case, in this instance, I believe, you know, uh, Keselowski got far enough off the racetrack. And uh, NASCAR felt that they had been there a long time. So kudos uh, to NASCAR for uh, for sticking with it and giving those fans something. I, I've been, Craig, I've been on the other side of the fans where you had to go home on Sunday night and you're not going to be there for Monday. And that's a heartbreaking thing. So those fans that stuck it out that night, boy, they were the true uh, diehards of, of the sport. I, I guess I need to bring my, my uh, partner in crime on board here. Uh, uh, look at that, Taz is called in now too. So, so I get you guys both in at the same time. Uh, Craig Moore, Taz Taylor, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I um, I, I believe that Kozlowski was far enough off the racing service. That's why NASCAR didn't uh, throw the last caution, and so be it. Because otherwise, we would have that race wouldn't have got over till way after midnight. Uh, it was late as it was. Um, kudos to the fans for sticking around because that was a hell of a rainstorm and lightning storm. I mean, they sat two hours uh, waiting for NASCAR to get that track dried. So, you know, I understand why NASCAR didn't throw it. Um, they didn't really need to. They didn't really need to in my eyes. He was far enough off the racing service. I looked at the replay two or three times, and I'm like, he's far enough off of there that they, they made the right call. So I'm sure Taz Taylor will agree. Yeah, from as an official standpoint, I mean, I can go both sides of this, but I'm in favor of NASCAR on this one because while when Keselowski first got the in, into the incident, um, he was on the racing service, but he moved out of the way enough that everyone could get by. And then he sat, afterwards, he sat low enough off the surface uh, to be clear. And he, was, he wasn't even anywhere in danger to, for anyone else. So that, that was a good call. I mean, if you want to do a dirt track style and park up there at the top of the hill to bring out the caution, which we see time and time again at your local short track, I guess that's what you should do. I, I felt like Brad Keselowski tried to intentionally uh, throw her sideways or spin out. Um, but, uh, of course, after listening to the uh, Door Bumper Clear podcast, uh, uh, that's not what uh, uh, TJ Majors said. So uh, he said that the car just didn't want to spit, didn't want to didn't want to turn or whatnot. And we've seen it doing some crazy bouncing there. If you watched the race, he did, uh, as he was trying to make it back to pit road. But, uh you know, I mean, do what every other dirt track driver does. They go up to the top of the hill and they park it, you know, to get the caution and uh, then and then refire. So, but obviously, I think Keselowski kind of messed up there and didn't get it spun out completely to bring out the caution. And with that being said, why would NASCAR throw the caution when you're intentionally trying to receive a caution? So, I mean, either way you look at it, was the golden boy. And, uh, you know, that's just the way that it that it goes sometimes. By no means do I think that uh, Chase Elliott would have won that race had the race finished under uh, the normal time frame. Uh, but uh, it was just right. The track conditions were just right uh, for uh, the golden boy. 
and uh, a lot of NASCAR fans that were there cheered them on. So that's uh, that's a plus for the sport. But uh, we got plenty more to talk about here tonight. Uh, we're gonna open up the subject line, uh, Craig. Uh, what's what's first on the agenda here tonight? Well, I don't know. We we spoke about Cup. Ryan Priest got a big win in the Truck Series. Kudos to Ryan Priest. Um, I don't know if anybody had him. I don't remember. But uh, kudos to Ryan no, Priest for picking had, up. No, nobody had him. Shockingly, um, for picking up his win in the Truck Series. Now, now they're off this week. But uh, you know, you know. Uh, I will say this: that uh, Roush Fenway Kislowski, the 17 car, was penalized uh, post Nashville. I'm going to look at that real quick. Yeah. Well, I tell you who deserves the, the penalty in that, and that's NASCAR for allowing a damn tire to roll across the track under green flag conditions. I mean, how many people do you need in the Dern Tower uh, to see that the tire is fixing across the start finish line? I mean, it it was across the start finish line before the caution even come out. So, uh, you know, if uh, I don't know, maybe they need to take their their uh, some, their their hater shades off up there at nighttime so they can see what the hell's going on down there on that racetrack because uh, that was a dangerous situation with cars at full throttle and a tire uh, loose on the actual racetrack. You know, a lot of times we've seen the tire down there on the infield. It's really no imminent danger. But when you have a tire that's riding that wall up on the outside, uh, that is a dangerous instrument uh, that can very easily wind up in the stands. And uh, the the thing to it is, is it would be like a baseball on a baseball baseball bat, guys. Uh, it would it would it would you know and the home run wouldn't wouldn't be something we'd want to see either because uh, these 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 uh, they're not aluminum wheels. They're full metal wheels. They're they're heavy as heck and uh, could cause a lot of damage. So. You know, we've we've talked all year long about these loose tires and whatnot, and it's not it's not going to get any better, I don't believe. It seems to be an issue, time and time again. Um, you know, whether it's the pit crews or it's the malfunction, I, I don't know, guys. I really don't know. Uh, but you're seeing uh, a lot of guys who probably wouldn't have a chance to be a rear tire changer, a front tire changer. And 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 sit in the crew chief box that I, that probably would not be there uh, in 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 any other season that where we're not having to deal with this uh, loose tire situation. It is something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be fixed before someone gets hurt. Well, and and I'm glad we brought this up. I mean, look at, I mean, I'm not a huge Bubba Wallace fan. I don't like his I don't like his demeanor half the time. But if I had to play – I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I firmly believe he was in the right to tell Booty Barker to shut up and don't talk to him for the rest of the race. Um, I, I'm Like I said, I'm not a huge Bubba Wallace fan, but, I mean, he yells, stop, 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 because they got a loose wheel. He stops, and then he gets smacked by – I don't remember what car it was. Tyler um, Red. But, I mean – now, but now he's looking at he's possibly looking at another four race suspension. The twenty this twenty three eleven team has had more tire issues this year than Carter's got liver pills. Um, they got to get their they got to get their stuff straight. I mean, they're Booty's looking at another four race suspension, I believe. 
I think that they, I think that that was, uh, I think they found it in time, right? Like that, the, the wheel didn't come off, so it's not a suspension, I don't believe. So we're um, seeing, they did right. have, seeing, they, they, we're, huh? we're, we're seeing the poster boy uh, be the poster boy in the wrong way. Of well, but let me tell you guys something. First of all, I never agreed with Booty Baker being the crew chief. If this is such a highfalutin team, then why didn't they bring in somebody of a much higher caliber than Booty Barker? And Booty Barker, no, no, no offense to him. He's been around the club garage a long time. But when I'm building a superstar race team with, uh, with $25 million plus dollars backing, I'm putting the right people in the right position, and, and Booty Barker was always a second-tier, third-tier race team mechanic. He's never been. I mean, he, for crying out loud, he worked for Jermaine Racing for most of his career. Uh, so he's not the typical badass crew chief uh, like a like – a, uh, what is that guy's name? Um, uh, Darian Grubb or, you know, Jimmy Finning. Some of these, you know, Todd Parrott even, you know. I mean – uh, Booty Barker does not actually say that. And so when they say, look, this is the sixth or seventh best uh, uh, team in the Toyota camp, you have to, you have to blame Dean Hamlin for this. You can't blame, uh, you know, uh, your driver. Bob Wallace cannot blame his team because that's, that's they're, they don't work for 2311, guys. This pit crew is a fifth, sixth, seventh team of Go Gibbs Racing. This is where we really find out that these cars are rented. They're not bought. Uh, they're rented out of the stable of Go Gibbs Racing until Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan establish their own freaking team, and they go out and use that $25 million to buy their own freaking pit crew. Then this is what they got. Go Gibbs, he has killed every relationship he's ever had with the second team, with the, you know, the, 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 the second TRD team. He ran teams out of the sport, for crying out loud. Do you think there was ever any, any good relationship between Michael Waltrip Racing and Joe Gibbs Racing? Hell no. Joe Gibbs didn't want Michael Waltrip messing with his TRD. And who brought in TRD? Michael Waltrip. So, you know, it's, don't be surprised, Bubba Wallace. Don't. Don't cut your team down when they're all doing the best that they can. Go holler at your ball. Hey, we need a legitimate team here if we're going to have this kind of sponsorship. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Go ahead, Taz, and then I'll chime in. So what's the the discussion? What are we trying to view on? Bubba Wallace's cut rate. Fifth, six, seven string team that he's got over there at twenty three eleven. You're expecting Obviously, better results, but you can't they need capitalize to. on where you are, where you stand on the TRD uh, priority list. I mean, is that better? Okay, I was no, I was just trying to understand what I was trying to give my viewpoint on before I said it, and then you want to go out left, out left field. No doubt. All right, so I think. 2311 needs to sit down and look at why is the the poster boy the big the guy that's supposed to be you know that started 2311 the franchise. guy that's supposed to be like the future of the franchise for long term sake why is he not getting the performances that we are expecting him to go because obviously the guy who's in the short term deal 
is outperforming him for many reasons. Bob, uh, we can uh, we can sit here and say Kurt Busch, yeah, has the experience in the scent, blah, 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 versus Bubba Wallace. But if we're going to put all of our cards into Bubba Wallace, they need to sit down and say, all right, where where are we going wrong? Who, like, this week it's this one, this week it's this one. Like, they got to find the consistency. And they have – they really need to because if they don't, Bubba Walls ain't going anywhere. Look, the stat of the day in a little while is going to – it's really going to open people's books up. We have been super critical of Chase Elliott and Bubba Wallace nine out of ten shows. As a matter of fact, nine and a half and seven quarters out of our shows. We have blasted the hell out of Bubba Wallace. We have blasted the hell out of Chase Elliott. Tonight – so there's something in the water because we're all agreeing that, hey, Bubba's finally at his boiling point. When you look and see how much, how many times he had to go from the back to the front, you look at how many times they've had issues on pit road, you look at how many times he's been running up to the top ten. Drop, get your jaws up off the floor. He's actually running the top ten most of the year at most of these racetracks, but he's not able to complete the process. He's not able to get the finish. Bubba has to fix himself, and his attitude is, is going to be the downfall. Because, and, but that, that's something we've discussed many times. But if they don't get things correct with the pit crew, then you're not even going to be able to see what Bubba is potentially capable of. Uh, Craig, follow up on that point. Bingo, you said it. Bubba might have all the talent in the world if he learns to shut his mouth, but his pit crew has to give him what he needs. I can't keep having these screw-ups on pit road. I didn't get mad when this kid ain't finishing in the top ten consistently. I mean, Michael Waltrip and Denny Hamlin, neither one of them are dumb people. Um, they have to see this. They have to see the the problems on pit road. Not so much Michael, but Michael needs Denny to explain it to him. And then maybe Den- Michael needs to come in and go, listen, y'all are on your last legs. We have too many more. Excuse me. We have too many more of these incidents and y'all are going to find yourself uh, looking for work. Like we are taking this team a hundred percent serious. He is our future. Even if Michael don't believe it right then and there, he is our future, and we need to give him what he needs. We've yes, seen so many times before with other teams, right, Craig, over at uh, Penske here recently, where they've taken whole teams and basically swapped garages. They've taken Hendricks teams, and they've swapped garages. They've given uh, uh, crew chiefs and crew members to certain team members because they were needed in certain situations. It is almost head-scratching to believe that this one team, the 23 team, has been together since last year, and yet Kurt Busch's team, who was put together this year, is that much better organized and more in sync than the team that's been around for the last two seasons. So do you think that in the future you're going to see possibly a team swap like we have in the past with some of these other organizations, and or do you risk making Kurt Busch fall in performance, do you put all your eggs in one basket or do you do you, do you you make some shake-ups? I'll start with you, Ted. Uh, you got, 
I would say you have to make the shakeup. I wouldn't put all the eggs in the basket because you have to but see. But Kurt Busch is running top five right now. Do you really but mess with the chemistry Chris, of a brand new team? But Chris, Chris, you have you have to see it this way. All right, you have you can sit here and say it's the pit crew for Bubba Wallace, but if you shake things up a little bit, like say for instance, you all right. So you're saying that Kurt Busch is running top five in nine in a lot of these races, and you said Bubba Wallace is running top ten. Okay, so you have, and you also said was based on that that the 45 team who's Hasn't been around as long as the 23 team. All right. Something's going on here. So what do you do? You change it up a bit. And you, you start saying, all right, so we're going to take Pete, we're going to take what could be the problem from team A, which is 23, which is the 23 team. And you're going to put, and you're going to make the swap of them going to the 45. And then when you make the swap, whatever you take out from 45, you go to the 23 now, this is where you start seeing, is that the real problem? And if the 45 performances are not are going down from this year, then yeah, then you start looking at the real problem at that point. If the performances are still, still all the same, then you need to go back in to the drawing board and see what where the real problem is. Craig. So, Taz, let me see if I understand this. What you're saying is, because I think you are, so I want to be clear, because if not, this is where I'm going to go with this. <laughs> are you saying that you take out piece, change piece by piece until you eliminate the problem? you got to find the common denominator somewhere. The common denominator, it starts with the jack guy. If that jack guy drops the jack too soon, that signals the driver to take off. Am I if, right or am I right? You're, you're, you're right. Exactly if, right. You, no, you are so, right. And if, when, and if the jack, the jack band the 45, then see you later. When the jack man drops that jack, it's the driver's signal to go. That's when he hears, go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden he hears stop. So the problem, I would start with the jack guy. And I don't know. Maybe try – they've got to have – every team has got to have a backup to a backup. So <laughs> if the problem is the jack guy, try somebody else out on the jack. You, you've, yeah, so- they've got to have a developmental system for their crew, crews. They just okay, don't hire somebody off the street and go, hey, you're going to pit the 23 car this weekend. Right. Right. I mean – you know, it's not like our job here where we can call in somebody and they can fake it if need be. I mean, hell, we've been faking it for six years. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, but it's not the same thing. They've they've got to have a plethora of people to move into these positions and try them out and see if maybe it's, it's the jack man. As I said, it starts with the jack guy. He drops that jack. That's the signal we get going. You know, it's kind of hard to to just blame, you know, the front tire changer because he's going on what the jack man does. So, I don't know. That's my thought. 
Yeah, at what point in time does the 2311 buy its own pit crew? At some point in time, Stuart Haas said, we're not using Hendrick pit crew anymore. We're going to get our own. And I think that that's a lesson right now that's being that's being taught to 2311. If you want to have good pit crew members, you're going to have to depend on yourself uh, and your development style to get those good pit crew members. Um, there, there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, talent out there that can be brought in for Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch, but it's going to be up to Denny to get his to get his fire. So, to, to really, for lack of better terms, get off the titty, man. Get off the titty. Create a real team, okay? Because right now you're just a fifth and sixth car for Doug's Racing, Denny, and your team is starting to see that. Your team is noticing that we can't get better because if I am a better Jackman or I am a better tire changer, that I'm going to be at, at Joe at Joe Gibbs Racing. I'm not going to be over here at 2311 because that's where Joe Gibbs wants the best of talent in his stable, not over there at yours, Denny Hamlin. So get off the titty, and you and Michael Jordan go use that billion dollars and get your own pit crew team and develop those guys or hire the best ones that you can find because I'm sure that there's plenty of talent out there that would like a race, right? There's a, there's always a pool of talent. And as you said, it's either that or go to the minor leagues where they're pitting for for uh, Ty Gibbs or one of the Xfinity cars, and you start bringing these guys up to see if there's a better fit somewhere. But I, I'm with you, Craig. You start with the Jagman and you start with the tire changer, and I think that the guys that are coming in uh, are that, that that are having to fill in for positions for those who are uh, suspended. I think that's where you first start looking at, and you start because obviously, if it's a if it's a school of pit crew members, that's the JGR camp or the TRD camp, then you're seeing the same guys being put in intervals as they go throughout these teams that have uh, the penalties and issues. And as we've seen so far this year, this is one bug that everybody gets bit by, right? This is the coronavirus of NASCAR, COVID-19. I mean, that's what this (laughs) is right now in NASCAR. It is a COVID-19 pandemic with these tires uh, separating uh, because one of the reasons I, I got sweat on my forehead and it's 15 degrees cooler this week than it was last week. Lord have mercy. I'm talking about COVID too. I got a fever. Woo. It's a hot night tonight here tonight on race chat live guys. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Well, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to have Henry County Motorsports Park promoter owner, Ken Kenny joining us. He's going to talk to us about his upcoming weekend here at the track. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Um, getting Going back to what you were saying real quick, Chris, and then I guess we'll get the checker flag, black flag down at the bottom of the hour. I think that's where it is on the agenda. Uh, they've got to open up. They've got to go find their – I agree with you. They've got to go find their own pit crew. Um, they're, they're not going to get any better because, like you said, if they were, if they were top-notch tier, Joe Gibbs would snag them for his team. Uh, real quick, I honestly thought with, with Martin Truex Jr. winning stages one and two um, Sunday night, their Saturday, whatever night the race was on, Sunday, that he actually was going to pull it off. And uh, I, I was I was a little saddened to see that not happen. I was like, oh, maybe this is just jolting the arm that he needs. But, um, you know. 
Sad for sad for Martin Truex, but happy for him. He signed another. He signed a one-year deal. He did say he's not going to pull a Tom Brady and announce that he's not going to retire and then retire, which is great because in NASCAR circles, now they can start uh, putting together his 2023 cars and diecasts and and whatnot. I don't know if this is a good move for Joe Gibbs Racing. I think it's uh, it's a predominantly good move for Martin Truex Jr. because he gets to once again cash another check uh, for another season, which he'll be able to live off of and for a very long time. And, uh, but as for the organization in whole, I don't think this is the, the direction that uh, Martin Truex needed to go in. You know, I, 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 you got to see the transition eventually at JGR that you've seen over at Motorsports I Pass. See, I want you to see up. Go ahead. I see what you're saying, Chris, but for Gibbs organization at the same time, you kind of needed to go that extra year only because that's one ride that you don't have to worry about for next year. And that's also um, that's one more year that you're putting off. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. What the, hold on. Okay. So you you need you got developing drivers coming through the system but are not ready for the cup level yet. I get there are guys that are in the cup level right now that have the opportunity to go better. But no the question is sponsorship. AJ Allmendinger. I mean, oh. come on. Go ahead. I'm just giving okay. you some names real quick. Okay. Allmendinger, I highly doubt him going to Gibbs like ever. But because I see him staying with colleague and colleague till he's done, pretty much. Eric Jones. Greg? Eric, um, yes, you, you have home. guys. Home. All right. All right. <laughs> no? <laughs> Go ahead, Ted. I'm sorry. I'm frustrated. I'll, st- I'll shut up. Go ahead. You're what? I understand you're saying, but. This is smart in a way, too, because now you're buying a little extra time for any development drivers through the Toyota system. You can take a driver from a different manufacturer or team system and put them into their car, but if you really want to stay invested in with Toyota, you've got to develop the talent somewhere in which we know Ty Gibbs is going to be given one of those cup rides soon if Kyle Busch doesn't – if. Kyle Busch stays in that 18 car next year, at least. So, and so Ty Gibbs needs needs to develop and mature. Now for the, um, for the other Toyota drivers, you've got John Hunter Nemechek, yeah, but not a, maybe not he can move up in Xfinity, Xfinity next year, probably just to get a year in a competitive equipment. And running with some of these part-time cup guys, that would be great. But, um, but I, I see what you're saying, but you have have to look at it this way. Go ahead. You have, you have to look at it this way, um, in order for Gibbs to succeed. I get what you're saying. You're holding talent back, but at the same time, you're kind of helping talent too, trying to develop into the lower system without rushing them. But as an organization, you're going to pay a lot of money for Martin Truex Jr. You needed that money to pay Kyle Busch. Okay? You needed that extra 
refunds. And if you haven't noticed, he's already done this in the Xfinity and the Truck Series. We have had major names come through the TRD program, right? From Noah Gregson, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, uh, uh, Matt Diamadetto, all these names, right? They've come through the TRD network. Who's driving for Joe Gibbs now? Brandon Jones? Oh, he brings money. Okay. John Hunter Nemechek? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He brings money, too. Uh, oh, Trevor Bain? Oh, my gosh. What are you paying Trevor Bain to drive your race cars, Joe Gibbs? Oh, next to nothing. Okay. So they're already planting the seed. There's nobody in the minor leagues right now that's going to be better than Ty Gibbs. So you go out there and you get established talent at a cheaper price. Martin Truex Jr. is costing your organization to sign up. You're, 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 you know, you could have used that Johnny Morris money to go out there and get you an A.J. Allmendinger for one year just to see how he does in the car. Or you could have been a, a homecoming uh, for a Noah Gregson or maybe a, a Eric Jones who started their careers at TRD, right? So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. But what it tells me and what it tells me deep down is Joe Gibbs, it, it's not a definite that Kyle Busch comes back to Joe Gibbs races. And I think that that money spent to re-up for Martin Truex Jr., if it comes down to that, that Joe Gibbs doesn't have enough money to sign Kyle Busch, that was BS from the start because they wasted that money on giving Martin Truex Jr. another year. At a place that has the average age of, what, 37? Or, Hi, Chris. If you, or if you want to think of this this way before Craig gets his input. You okay. signed Truex, right? Why? Because you're possibly losing Kyle Busch. There's a star ringer there. Now, you're seeing where I'm going with this. You mentioned good names there, Chris, of John Hunter Nemechek, Trevor Bain, and Brandon Jones. Well, Brandon Jones, I'm sorry, he's not cup level ready by any means. I think Xfinity will be going as high as, as he's going to ever see. Is he bringing the money? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I can't disagree with that but the talent is not there it ain't there at all now john hunter nemechek easily arguable right there trevor bain he's got the cup experience but does he really have what it takes in a competitive cup car that's where you lie the question no you don't you know that Chaz. you know those these guys don't have the the a level of talent. They can't even match Ty Gibbs right now. Ty Gibbs has least experience in all these guys that we talked about, but the level of talent for Ty Gibbs is 10 times the level that you're going to get from a John Hunter Nemechek or but a Trevor But the maturity Bain. needs to that's be there. Why, that's why I thought A.J. Allmendinger or Eric Jones could be a great fit. You're not going to pay Eric Jones what you're having to pay Martin Truex Jr. You wouldn't have to pay A.J. Allmendinger. And, 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 look, Mr. C.J. Sports would be cutting my head off right now if he was listening because he doesn't believe in second chances. Uh, but A.J. had a good ride one time with Penske, and we never got to see what A.J. was capable of in a top-tier ride because he flunked a drug test. This, this would be retribution. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying A.J. would even leave Cali, uh, colleague racing to go uh, to Toyota or to, to Joe Gibbs. But giving me a chance that I – I mean, I would take the – take the chance and sign up for the 19, uh, no matter what was offered on the table. Uh, that does help us segue. Craig, do you have any thoughts of that before I segue to Dale Jr. Uh, and, of course, Justin Algear winning this weekend? But uh, Dale Jr.'s statements on becoming a cup team, before we get there, 
Craig, do you have any, any yeah, thoughts? Yeah, real quick, I'd, lo- want to I'd love to know. I'd love to know what they're paying Martin Jones for one season. Because going back to what you said, and I know we're going to move on, and we need to, because uh, we're running behind. But I'd love to know what they're paying MTJ to stick around one more year while they develop these drivers that they're eventually going to ruin anyway at right. Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, where you, like you said, where you couldn't put that money towards Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch is the face of Toyota. He is the face of Toyota in the Cup Series. So you're risking losing him. And you notice we've not had any talk about Kyle Busch in the last couple of weeks, uh, pre-show or anything like that. Why? Because Joe Gibbs was more worried about what Martin Church Jr. was going to do instead of his, his golden child at Joe Gibbs, which is uh, Kyle Busch. This is where so, Joe Gibbs, like, slides his hand back and says, oh, t- Toyota, TRD, y'all like Kyle Busch so much, then, then help pay the salary, right? I think this is where Joe Gibbs feels like he's got the upper hand because he is the established TRD, right? And if Toyota says, we want Kyle Busch in our car regardless, then that's basically TRD saying we're going to help you make sure that he stays in a Toyota regardless. And I think that if Kyle Busch was smart, he would take his talents elsewhere and and, and God, milk yeah. the cow uh, because basically he will never be the, the throne of TRD as long as he has to look around the coach's back to get there. So um, let's real quick, Dale Jr., uh, had spec, you know, it's been speculated for the last several years that Junior Motorsports wanted to step up uh, to the cup level. Uh, whispers, rumors, once again, have started. This is about the time that they started last year uh, about uh, Junior moving up uh, to cup level. Um, yeah, I don't know if anybody read the article or whatnot. We kind of know this story already, just to rehearse uh, what we've talked about. Uh, where do you feel like you stand on Junior Motorsports making that move to the cup level, and is this the right time for them to do it? Well, here's what I'm going to say about that. It is the right time. Actually, I think the right time would have been this year with the new car, um, as evidenced by Justin Marks and Trackhouse Racing. I mean, everybody was pretty much on a level playing field at the beginning of the year. Now we've seen the We've seen the other teams, you know, we've seen the powerhouse team step up. But um, it's it's definite that he's going to move up, whether it's next year or in 2024. It's going to be within the next two years. And you're going to see Justin Allgaier be the uh, lead driver for Junior Motorsports in the Cup Series. No, I don't think so. No. Like no, 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 no. I love when you guys disagree with me because then when I'm proved yeah, right, I go, be, ha, ha, told you. It's going to be one of two drivers. It's going to be one of two drivers. It's either going to be A, Noah Gregson, which he does have college connections, so I wouldn't fully ride on him. Or you have B, you have Dale Jr.'s golden boy. And by and I don't want to – I don't thing. mean that in a bet. I don't mean that in a bad way either because this guy is literally a proven talent and he showed it in the part-time last year and he showed it in the late model years. That is Josh Berry. That's your, that's your, that's your franchise right there. Like, and, and, and no, no, no disrespect to Noah Gregson. I believe Noah Gregson's got one foot in the fire. They love him at junior motorsports. I think Kelly has a, I think she kind of has a, a boy crush 
on Noah Gregson just because of his brass attitude. You know, I, I, Brendan Gaughan was such a great character in NASCAR, and, and I think that he was one of those under-celebrated under celebrities of NASCAR. Anytime Brendan Gaughan comes on uh, 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 the, uh, the radio series XM, or he does interviews. It's always fun interviews. It's always entertaining. He's got a great personality. And Noah comes from that same area, which is also the same area that Kurt and Kyle Busch come from. But Noah and it has a lot of a lot of Brendan Gong in him already. And to pull off what he pulled off this weekend with the with the with the old Tim Richmond look, I, I thought that was hilarious. And let me tell you something that that brownie points towards Dale Jr. and possibly moving up to Cup with Noah Gregson. Justin Algear, he's he's connected to Brant, uh, which you you know, Craig, we wanna we wanna argue you, but Brant's been such an awesome partner uh with with Dale Junior and Junior Motorsports. You can't really I have to be careful on how I discredit that because Brant could be a thriving force to move up to the cup level and if that's the case then they're probably going to want Justin Algear uh, to be there, but also note that Kelly is uh, Kelly Elgis is on the board of trustees for the Brandt Company that was established, I believe, two and a half three years ago. So there's there's actual uh, control factors here uh, from the company standpoint on Brandt. So uh, Taz, finish up on this topic or go back to Craig. Now I can throw it back to Craig. All right. Well, no, I mean, I, I could see possibly Josh Berry or Gregson. Um, I just think that it'll be interesting as to when they do it. And like you said, with Brant, I think that'll be their sponsor for the year. Um, well, we probably should segue into the next, which I believe should either be checker flag, black flags, or stat of the day, stat of the day. No, actually. So don't we have uh, don't we have a little bit of SRX news real quick that we got to get caught up on? Oh yeah! Before we, we do the oh, yeah. we, got flag, flag, flag. we got some heated action from heading into Stafford. I'm loving it. Yeah, so so what happened this past weekend? Uh, Tony Stewart and Ernie Francis uh, staged or not staged? Good for ratings? Is that just Tony being Tony? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, staged, no. Um, entertaining, regardless of if it was staged or not. Entertaining, oh yeah. You're, it's seeing Tony Stewart get worked up like that. Whoo, you're ready for a show. Anyway, um, Stewart, I can I can understand why he's irritated, but at the same time, I mean, this is short track racing. I'm, I understand from an owner's perspective that you only have so many workers to work on, to really hardcore work on these cars for six weeks straight. Now, I mean, you, there's, if they keep on doing what they're doing, they're either a, not going to have cars or B the employees are going to be worked till they pretty much can't just do it anymore. And then they're not going to come back to work for this place. Now, on the driver's aspect, I believe Tony got a little heated for the wrong reasons because this is short track racing at its finest. Um, 
things are going to happen. Like the incident that they were trying to avoid, uh, the the incident that they were trying to avoid where Ernie came down on Stuart. I mean, I have to side with Stuart on this one that Ernie came down when he shouldn't have because the incident was on the inside of Stuart and Ernie was on the outside of him. And and Ernie should have known better because he ran these cars last year with no spotter, so he should have, you know, been more aware of his surroundings. I can understand he, that he's used to the spotter and what whatnot with the Indy Lights and Trans Am or whatever, but, dude, you wrote, you raced in the series last year. You raced with Tony Stewart. You, you don't have a spotter. You have to rely on your skill and your surroundings. You should have known he was there. You had a rear view mirror. You have one. Why did you not use it? I'm pretty sure they also have a side view mirror too. Yeah. Uh, Ernie Francis said he ain't having none of it in response to the criticism of Tony Stewart. Craig. Yeah, I don't know. I think it. I think part of it was staged. I thought it. I think that part of it was staged. It made for good. It makes for good conversation running into uh running into Stafford this weekend. Um so we'll have to see how it plays out. I do understand Tony Stewart's Tony Tony Stewart's upset and up being upset about everything else because as Taz so graciously said after I mentioned about Helio two weeks ago, was they have sixteen cars. Well now they have twelve. because uh, a bunch well, of them got tore up this past weekend. So Oh no they they got they got them all fixed, but Tony's point is that if they keep going the way that they are going, which kind of irritated me in a bit because last week they kept on saying, oh, it was bad, it was bad, it was bad. Last week was nowhere near as bad as this week. So, but I can understand in Stuart's perspective, if, we, if they keep going the way they're going, like if the races just get worse and they're just going to keep on tearing up cars, you're either going to have your crew guys work their tails off until they have, like, no no energy left and they don't want to come back to work for them, or they just won't have the cars anymore. There's 16 cars that they rely on are not, not going to be for nothing. And especially with um, with one or two more races left that have the field 13. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Taz. I think that this is a short track race, and this is not IROC racing where you go to places like Michigan and Daytona. I think that it's, it was played out to be. And, and plus, that wasn't the only incident. Uh, there was still beating and banging going on, obviously. So here's what had happened in my house. The Mississippi pageant started on CBS at the at the 8 o'clock hour, which would have been 9 o'clock hour y'all's time. So I only got to watch bits and pieces of it off the Internet, which it is on YouTube. Uh, but I didn't exactly finish watching all of it. Um, it was 2 o'clock in the morning when we got home on Saturday morning from the racetrack, and so I watched uh, all the way up until uh, the the intermission time before they were going green flag racing, but I did hear that that's not where all the contact stopped. Michael Waltrip was in there, and so I do understand that they only have a week to get these cars back together, and they have limited people in the shop. But Tony Stewart, you're taking $100 million straight off the table, from CBS. On top of that, you're cashing your own damn check every other week because you've got more wins in the series than anybody, including a championship, which is ludicrous. Um, and, and then on top of that, as a boss man and a promoter and a driver, 
you're getting in people's faces, grabbing your 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 talent uh, by the collar, acting a fool, uh, using uh, profane language on a on a family channel on CBS that you know on live television. You know, I, you can't tell me that he didn't come off the ratings of last week and think, hey, I've got to do something uh, to spice it up uh, this week. Uh, because most of what he was arguing about was, one, either typical Tony being a dickhead, or two. And, and I love Tony Stewart. I love what he's bringing here. Without Tony Stewart giving us something to talk about, we would have a dull week talking about the SRX. So I get it, and I think that you guys are just barely missing it, that this was played up. It was, it, it, you know, no, they got plenty of people to fix these race cars. The race cars weren't tore up. It's not like... They're crashing in the wall at 200 miles an hour, tearing off everything on these cars. They had some bumpers and a couple of things that they have to replace. So, you know, Tony Stewart, please save us the crime. But, but thank you for keeping it entertaining. But don't sit there and act like all of a sudden that wasn't the game plan in the first place with this series. I mean, it's hard to take it serious when you're out there racing in your own series. So I didn't ever see two friends get out there in a, in a, in a hot rod Thunderbird and try to laugh the field on everybody. Bill France stayed up in the office where he was supposed to be. I know Bill France was a racer in the beginning, so please don't come at me, but that's just my thoughts. Uh, anything else to take away uh, from the SRX series uh, before we get yeah. to our ticker flag, black flag? Yeah. CBS got a point five eight rating and 982,000 viewers from this past Saturday's Senior Racing Experience race at South Boston. Last year's second race was Knoxville, and that got a .7 rating and 1.23 million viewers. That's from Adam Stern on Twitter. So I asked in the chat earlier today, what do we attribute the low rating to? Taz says to me, save that question. I believe I have the answer. So, Taz, let me hear your thoughts on why the ratings were lower. I could give you, I'll give you mine, but go ahead and I want to hear yours. All right, so the so with the TV thing, uh, the TV deal, the if you want ratings to go up, take a page out of IROC. I understand you want the stars of yester of yesterday and whatnot to come into this series and whatnot, but at the same time, you. Look at what IROC did. Why did, did that become popular? Because you brought in the current stars of that time that were racing at that time. Yes, it's great to bring them back for this, but I feel like you're going to kill the ratings at this point. Why? Because if you're trying to bring the SRX, which is based, which basically to me is obviously the newer form, but if you want to bring in a younger generation base at the same time to this, you have to. You have to get the current stars to come in more. And I understand that they are trying and doing them for, like, one or two races, but it's only going to succeed even more if they become more of a full-time thing. That, With that being said, I understand they, ha- they want to go six weeks straight to keep momentum going, which is fine. I'm okay with that. But at the same time, you have to think to yourself, okay, how can we get ratings up to bring in viewers. And if you want this to go on the long-term statement, you have to bring in the current stars of now. So that means 
if we can get Chase Elliott to run full time on these races, that'd be great. How can we make that work? That you sit down and look at this, look at other series schedules, and you say, okay, okay, this, let's say IndyCar and uh, NASCAR Cup Series is racing in this region that day. Let's look for a short track there so we can get them there. Um, same with like World of Outlaws or whatever. You know, you kind of have you you start have the brainstorming these things. And yeah, so I've you can bring in like guys like Tony Stewart or Bill Elliott or um, Willie T. Ribs. Or, I don't even care. You can bring them in, but if you want the series to go long term and keep your ratings up, you have to go that direction. And I understand why they're doing it right now to help get the names out there, get the money in, bring in the older fans too. But for the long-term aspect, you have to go that way. Yeah, and my solution to that is make this a November series, November to December. Uh, You've got a lot of tracks in the the southern regions that you can go to. It may cut out uh, being able to go to places like South Boston and stuff. But uh, at the same time, if that's where you want to go in the direction of the series, you put it where these guys are not having to compete with their full-time jobs. We've, we've run out of time on that subject. We've got to get the checker flag, black flag real quick. Greg, what was your rebuttal? I just, I agree. I think if you get rid of the old retired NASCAR drivers and you put in, and I like the thing of going November, December, um, even, even December to January. Um, that way it gives us some racing action in the wintertime, but it's not interfering with anything else. I think when I have a choice to watch SRX or I'm going to watch the Xfinity Series, I'm going to watch the Xfinity Series because it's almost a given that every week Tony Stewart is damn near has a shot to win. Yeah, that's um, ridiculous. And uh, I, really I, said that for, I said that last year. But let's get on the checkered black flag, black flags, because we got about six minutes for our guest to talk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let's stay on, let's stay on subject. So uh, I guess I'll start out the checkered flag, black flag. Uh, check your flag this week, and, and please try to be creative if I take yours. I'm sorry. But uh, if the checker flag this week goes to NBC, it was so great to have adults back in the booth, uh, to have mm. uh, uh, real commentary, to have explanations of things. I think Jeff Burton does a great job. I think Richard Allen does a great job. I think that uh, uh, Dale Jr. Uh, does a great job being a pioneer in this, in this sport and carrying it on to the next level. I've been critical of him in the past. By being a fan, I was kind of ready for him to retire. But over the last year of Dirty Mo Media and all the, all the things that they've created and, and, and whatnot in the content, it's just it carries over to Sunday. And, I, you know, it's, it's like uh, this is the new week of, of, of Dale Jr. and what, what we're going to talk about throughout the week. So check your flag uh, to NBC. They did a great job. Uh, thank God they got rid of the cartoons. Now, I'm a black flag. The black flag got to go to NASCAR. Come on, when you got a tire that's floating past people, uh, they're going 180 miles an hour, and you can't, you don't see the caution. But yet, you have a committee of people who who are claimed to be uh, trying to make cautions more uh, uh, a debate, a debatable subject. In other words, they're trying to stay on the uh, on, on on the good side of of not creating fathom cautions and stuff like that. So they have kind of this committee together on when to call a caution, uh, in what situations do they call a caution on. 
you know, look, black flag, if you can't get that right, then I sure as hell have a hard time defending your actions at the end of the night for not throwing a caution when Brett Keselowski got caught up in that incident. So uh, that's my checker flag, black flag. Let's go to you, Craig Moore. Uh, my checker flag goes to NASCAR for not moving the race from Saturday or from Sunday to Monday, uh, being able to finish it Sunday night, even though it was super late. Um, uh, kudos to NASCAR for that. My black flag goes for checker Tony Stewart and his outburst in SRX. When you're the owner of a series, you don't go on and just belittle your guy. Um, these guys, I'm sure they're not doing it for free, but they could be doing other things. So, <laughs> to talk to them like they're two-year-olds is is a little ridiculous. I think that he means obviously he's not learned anything uh, from being a car owner, but now that he's a promoter, he should definitely learn how to talk to people. Um, and that's my jacket flag, black flag for the week. Yeah, I, did, I thought it was illegal to grab a black man by the collar. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. So I had Tony Stewart got away with that. I, I'm still scratching my head, even if that 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 not intended to sound anything more than what it is, but, you know, in this time and age, I'm surprised if it, it hasn't received much more backlash uh, based off of uh, <laughs> the way the political environment is now. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised at that. Tad, did you take her flag, flag, flag? <laughs> black flag, Mother Nature for uh, the race. Again, kudos to NASCAR for doing it, but Mother Nature kind of killed it. Uh, I went from basically watching the entire race, and then when Mother Nature came in, it was basically like, well, I'm not going to wait the weather. I'm just going to kind of chill out for the night. And when I found out they were getting ready to go, I was basically ready to go off the bed for the night because I had to work the next morning. Anyway, um, so black flag to Mother Nature, but still kudos to NASCAR. Checker flag goes out to South Boston Speedway for hosting an entertaining Saturday night, a lot better than five flags. And I can't wow. wait really? to see the drama go down. How? Please explain. We've got two minutes. Please explain how South Boston was so much better than Five Flags. I'm offended by that because that's a southern track. So, please. You got more, please explain you your got statement more there. Story, you have more storylines of drama go down at South Boston. Every Paul Tracy was pissed off that he was uh, – Paul Tracy was pissed off that he got taken out early on when he, when he was the victim of everything, and he didn't even do anything wrong. Tony Tony Stewart had his nonsense, so that drew it attention. I still favor Ernie in that se- in a sense. Um, well, actually, I still I favor Stewart in a way, but Ernie, I'm I give kudos to Ernie for standing up to him. And then Michael Walter got taken out for nonsense too. Wow. Okay. Um, so he's not in the studio just yet. He will be momentarily. I just sent him another text. Um, I, I don't uh, – Taz, I'm totally blown away by what you just said. And, and South um, Boston had a better race, I thought, than Five Flags, but, hey, that's just me. You know, and, and I can't argue with that. I, I, through what I've seen uh, from from watching the heats and all, it was a very competitive multi-group uh, racetrack, and that's something that, you know, uh, the Five Flags is not your typical racetrack. It's very unique in its shape and design. It's really the reason why the Snowball Derby is as famous as it is, because there's no corner that's a, that it's alike. Um, the the track is configured in each corner differently, uh, which gives, uh, you know, a very hard time to find 
that fast racing groove. Uh, it's not really a multi-groove racetrack. It's never been known as a multi-groove racetrack. Uh, we've seen multi-grooves out of South Boston. Uh, this is, you know, you you think, okay, the Snowball Derby brings a lot of credit to uh, uh, Five Flags, but really South Boston is the place where a lot of these NASCAR drivers really cut their teeth at. They got a chance to go race once or twice a year down in Five Flags for the for the big races of the year. But most of the racers in that uh, NASCAR garage have cut their teeth at a place like South Boston. It was really nice to go there. I have a quick story as we're waiting on the guests real quick. So my dad used to run me up and down the eastern seaboard in the summertime. He was a, he, he's a truck driver and a company man, uh, had been for a very long time. And so during the summer times, I would you know go out with him for a week or two, sometimes three weeks, depending on how, how long it took us to get back home. Uh, but uh, so I remember going up and down the eastern seaboard uh, and listening on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or even on a Saturday night, uh, South Boston Speedway, like uh, being on the radio, whether it be AM radio or some backwoods FM station because we were close to to the uh, to the racetrack or, or whatever it may be. And I remember hearing the names of Sadler and the names of Green, the Green brothers, Jeff Green and David Green. And and so uh, who was uh, the Burtons, uh, Ward Burton and Jeff Burton? Like I remember uh, these guys growing up, and and so you know I thought it was so cool that short tracks that weren't big NASCAR tracks uh, that uh, had uh, that type of media availability, being that they were on the radio and stuff. So I mean I have I have early memories of that, and it was really cool to take the SRX series up there and give it the spotlight that I feel like uh, a place like South Boston uh, really deserved and needed. So that's what the SRX series is about, the senior racing tour. Uh, once again, uh, <laughs> brought delight uh, to uh, one of these racetracks that wouldn't, you know, that you're not going to see uh, uh, put on uh, by NASCAR. Uh, if we can just get to Bowman Gray Stadium next, that's, that, I think that'll be big. Wait a minute, guys. We've got, uh, we've got, I believe, our guests in the studio. We will cut our segment there. We'll get back to this here in a little bit as we get ready to bring on uh, Mr. Ken. Ta- uh, Craig, do you want to introduce our guest, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to welcome to uh, Race Chat Live for the second time this year, the promoter. <laughs> Look at that, Ken. You're getting some fanfare, brother. Hey, Craig, I'm here, buddy. How's it going, my man? You're, we're good. We're good. Ken is the promoter owner at uh, Henry County Motorsports Park here in uh, Clewiston, Florida. He's got a big event coming up this weekend. Uh, tell us about the event you got going on this weekend, all the entertainment, uh, and where we can find out more information for it and how it came about. Um, Craig, uh, you know, during COVID a couple of years ago, um, everything was shut down and we, um, you know, we thought, well, we can spread some people out at the racetrack and keep them spread out and, uh, uh, in the cars. And, you know, we, we kind of went every third row in the bleachers and that kind of thing. And, um, it kind of took off from there. A lot of people, you know, came out and watched the fireworks and, uh, we had sprint cars that night and, you know, each year it's gotten bigger and, uh, this year, what, what I thought about was having a real big celebration all day Saturday, you know, having a lot of vendors out there, food, merchandise, music, that kind of thing, and uh, have a little more than just racing going on. And then that night, 
um, you know, put on a good show with the sprint cars, late models, legends, uh, big V8 warrior race, um, you know, got uh, 4.6 Fords, Gladiators. We should have a, just a great show for everybody that night. And um, then as soon as it gets dark, they asked me, you know, when was I going to do the fireworks? And I said, well, as soon as it gets dark, wherever we're at in the show, we'll stop, you know. So. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to being a part of it. I know Cornhole starts at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. I've never understood Cornhole. I uh, didn't realize how big it was until about a, about two years ago. Um, but what else? I mean, you're going to have – what vendors are you going to have? Who's um, gonna, what type well, of vendors okay, are going to be let me there? Go, where you went to begin with, with the entertainment, I mean, we're going to have a band there, um, several other musicians, you know, single musicians. We're going to have a comedian there. Of course, uh, you're going to be playing a bunch of music, which is – always great you know friday night after we we're going to practice from seven to ten and then uh we're going to have kind of a thank you party to the drivers and crews and you know have you playing some music and uh you know then on saturday you know some of the vendors that we have are um you know a lot of the vendors you'd see like if you went to the swamp cabbage festival or sugar fest i mean uh we've got a guy that you know carves flags and it brings out a lot of uh, american flags that kind of deal um you know, there, there's just a lot of different variety of merchandise people that have, that have called us wanting to bring their stuff out and, and show it more more like a, a park-type festival atmosphere, you know, during the day. And we're going to have a dunk tank for the kids. Um, we're going to have two super slides for the kids, you know, for water. You know, and it's all totally free. I mean, you know, other than what they would buy from the vendors. I mean, everything the kids come out and do. You know, we're not charging anything during the day for it. And, um, you know, that night, of course, you know, is, is our big deal. And uh, we're, we're kind of hoping that, you know, it's a place for everybody Saturday, you know. And uh, that's where we're at, my man. That is awesome. Now, Chris Cash, you got anything? Oh, man, yeah. So uh, this is uh, your second time here on the network. I think we talked a little bit about your cruiser class and all. Um, at the beginning of the year, how's your car count and stuff working out, Ken? Uh, and uh, have, I see um, that you got the Top Gun series coming in. I believe uh, Candace Keeley runs that series, right? No, no, that's um, that's uh, Ann Reams series. It was Don and Ann Ann series, and of course Don passed away a few years back. But Ann Ream, uh that's her series. She does a fantastic job. Her and her family. Um, you know, travel all over. Uh, I knew her and Don when they had the TBRA on pavement. And, um, you know, they're just, they're probably two of the best, you know, series operators that have ever been in Florida. You know, they should be in the race car hall of fame someday in Florida. Um, you know, they, they do a great job. And, uh, you know, here's, here's what's been going on. We've had a tremendous car count this year, you know, two weekends out of the three every month we've had between 70 and 100 cars and more 80 to 100, you know, which is a pretty good car count. Our issue has been more trying to get local people to come out and uh, go to the races, you know, and I've been on a lot of radio programs lately um, around Florida, you know, a lot of different programs. And I introduced a, a family pack, where you could take a family of four out for $25. All you got to do is 
message us on Facebook, you know, on our Henry Facebook site, and we'll send them. We usually generally send them six tickets, you know, that are six different events. And uh, 25 bucks for people in, you can't go to the movies for that, you know. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get the price where, you know, with, with gas being so high and food and everything going up, where people can afford to go with a bigger family. Now, yeah, it's been said that price? race is a race, but the fans, on the other hand, they're the ones that uh, that they can't afford to race, right? That's why they're fans, and they're, it's really an issue all around uh, the region of getting fans back to the Speedway. That's an awesome idea, Ken, uh, with the family tax and all cash. Now, is there certain classes that are running this night, or is it kind of like your weekly show with an added special or – um, a little bit of both. I mean, the Legend Series, I seen earlier today, which I'm going to post it, um, Logan Miseraco was out at the racetrack, you know, and Logan's ran some ARCA uh, trucks. I mean, uh, very talented young lady, you know, she's out there, and I, I believe she'll probably be in a Legend car this weekend. And uh, so the INX Legend Series, you know, that, uh, that the Legends pretty much started up in North Carolina, as you guys know, and uh, – has spread and they're, you know, they're coming into Florida and, um, you know, their touring series is going to be there. You know, of course, Top Gun, you know, comes to our place four or five times a year, but, you know, that's always a special gig. And uh, we're going to have a late model race, which I know uh, my understanding, Doug Horton Jr. is coming down. Uh, I know Mike Kopke's coming down. I think there's a lot of guys from around the state that are going to come race with us. So that should be a big race. And then of course, um, we have a roofers deal. It's kind of a cool deal. All the roofers around the state of Florida put some money in to uh, sponsor the V8 Warriors, you know, because it's normally just company roofing. And he kind of went out and got all the other roofers in the area uh, to put up some special money for those guys. So it's going to be a special race. And uh, and then, of course, like you said, we're going to have a lot of the local classes, too, that are there every Saturday night. So it's kind of a combination show this weekend. That is awesome. I'm looking forward to meeting that young lady that uh, is driven in the ARCA series and the truck series. We, we might even try to get her on here with us in a couple of weeks. I'll talk to her Saturday. Yeah, oh yeah, that'd be great. I, I'll tell you, you guys do a great job, and it's like I've told some of the other people around the state of Florida, quite a few of the shows that you know I've been on lately, if it wasn't for the shows promoting the sport, you know, you're, you're a huge, huge part of it, and in the next year, I want to embrace all the shows and, you know, and try to come up with ideas. I heard you guys talking about Bowman Gray. And uh, Bowman Gray, I, I was sitting at home on a Sunday, and I put a thing out there that said, hey, you know, how, you know what makes Bowman Gray so special? How, how can we get people there every Saturday night like Bowman Gray? Well, I know, you know, we're not sitting up against the university, you know, where people can come over having a few bucks beer and pack the place, you know, every Saturday night. I kind of knew that, but I wanted to hear what the fans and drivers and different people around the state had to say. And I'm going to tell you, they came up with some really, really good ideas from that post evolving from mentioning Bowman Gray. And, uh, I, I mean, I mentioned that family type, but we've got a lot of other things that were mentioned and ideas, and, you know, we're trying to implement a bunch of it. And this entertainment type deal you know, of having some bands there, you know, we're putting this together and I'm new at it. Um, of course, Craig's a lot more experienced, but we definitely between now and September, I'm going to learn a whole lot more 
and, uh, you know, see do more of this, you know, more of some bands being there before the races and have other entertainment, you know, uh, that the whole family can enjoy to where it's not just a racetrack. You know, there, there's more than just the race, more of an event. Yeah. And I think that'll help. And you and I were talking about that earlier. I think they, that'll help. That'll help the track and that'll help get brand awareness out there. I know I'm looking forward to the uh, September event, but let's not put the cart before the horse. We've got, like I said, this Saturday, you've got uh, the, you've got a comedian coming in at five thirty. Um, you've got Southern Heat, the band Southern Heat coming in. They're going to play two sets, and then you've got uh, another an acoustic act coming in. They're going to do two sets, plus the cornhole, plus all the vendors. Um, what are the payouts for the races this weekend? Oh, yeah. Um, this is their biggest payout of the year for the uh, Top Gun Sprints. It's 3000 to win, 300 to start um, for them. And then uh, the late models are 2000 to win. You know, which, you know, it's the Henry Florida late models, which evolved from limited late models. You know, they, they, there's some limitations on the shocks and some of the things, but, it, it, but it's a pretty awesome class. Um, you know, it, it's grown quite a bit, and we, we're, that's two grand to win, and then the V8 Warriors is 1,500 to win. You know, so those are the three featured events. The Legends are going to run for national points, and they're going to run double features. They're running one feature at the beginning and one toward the end. You know, so that was kind of a twist that you'd see the same cars run two features. Um, you know, I mean, the 4.6 Fords, I, I mean, that's our colossal bunch. Now, that that is an exciting group, and they're, you know, both of my kids run in that class, so I, I don't want to race direct for that deal. I want to watch it. And, uh, I mean, you got so many local stars, you know, from around here that run in that class, and it's uh, – I call it, we call them the Thunder and Herd, my man. That's awesome. That's yeah, great. you get 23, 24 of them pretty much every Saturday night. Yeah. I, I know a lot of racetracks that would love to have 23, 24 of any, any class show up, um, especially one that can help uh, build that back gate money, uh, such as a, a class like that. But uh, so, so you – Typically, I know you've gone over this before. What are your typical weekly classes uh, that that you run, Ken? Um, because we run the first three Saturdays of the month, we alternate the late models and the modifieds. We run the uh, Florida late models on the first and third, and the open wheel modifieds on the second Saturday of the month. And then we run, you know, street stocks, the V8 Warriors, um, Gladiators, which is your, you know, a lot of the pavement tracks call them mini stocks now. Um, we run an Outlaw 4 class, which is like the what they used to call the modified minis on pavement. Um, but we started a new class, too, called the Enduro class, and it's another spinoff of the 4.6. Um, the only difference is it, it doesn't have to be a 4.6 Ford. It can be anything. It can be a 4-cylinder, 6-cylinder, 8-cylinder, but it's 100% stock. And uh, we, the first night we had two of them. The next night we had three. The next night we had 11. Wow. So there was 11 in the third event. And, you know, so I, I really believe that's our next 20-car class that's going to be thrown in there. But it's even more stock than I mean, the 4.6 Fords, you know. And, and I think with the economy going like it is, you've got to have two or three of these entry-level classes that you're killing um, it, man. You know, you're killing it. Like you said, to support the back gate and get the local people involved to where 
um, everybody's not towing two hours. You need people that are coming from five minutes away, you know? Right. So, I mean, but you you would think, you know, the big when you have a name like Tony Stewart or Scott Bloomquist or somebody like that come through the gate, you have fans that buy into that and they show up uh, in the late model uh, side of things. You know, it's like all the attention. Flow Racing's kind of created and, and Mav TV's created this, national celebrity type position with some of these, you know, with the bigger name drivers, but you've been able to do something that promoters around my area uh, have been trying to do, but just can't seem to get any traction on it. And that's building these low budget affordable uh, classes that, that fans, fans are there for racing and they're getting plenty of that when they get to see 22 and 24 car fields. Yeah, I don't know what what is your area. Uh well we well, I'm in the south uh with you Ken, but uh we're up in the Mississippi area. So uh, our our buzz cars and and uh you know basically our our smallest class is uh, basically the front wheel drive class. So second to that would be the factory stock cars that are you know basically 602 sure. motors oh, yeah. or yeah. So so we don't really have that much room for a budget class racer because it's just never really picked up around this area. And, and to hear you be able to create them and, to, you know, feel the field so fast, man, um, it, it just maybe maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe we're just not emphasizing how important it is to have these backgate suppliers, man. I mean, when you've got a field of, of hot shots or buzz cars that show up and it's 25 of them, uh, you know, that helps pay the purse for a late model class, or like you said. Oh, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, under- man. Right, right, right. You can, you know, Mississippi always uh, gets my attention for the Street Stock Nationals over there at the, oh. the Hook, man. Yeah, you know, that's, that's, a lot of our guys are going out there. I'm We've the got quite a few there. guys going this year again. Yes, sir. I, I'm the announcer there at the House of Hook. Oh, my man. Well, there's a bunch of guys going out there this year from here again. Uh, yes, sir. But that house of hook, man, that's that street stock deal that you guys do with the factory stock and street stocks, that's pretty phenomenal yes. gig. I'm pretty jealous on that one, my man. Yes, sir. Well, you know Donnie Ashford and them, right? Oh, yeah, I know Donnie well. The Leaf Spring, yeah. the Leaf Spring Master, my man. <laughs> that's Leaf it. Leaf Spring that's Nation. It. Yep. He, he spring oh, yeah. he come up and he, he put a clinic on us one year, but unfortunately got wrecked there on uh, one of the one of the most dramatic uh, finishes that we've ever had. And uh, he was just a little bit shy. You know, if it had ended one lap earlier, he'd have been the man. But unfortunately, it slipped right through his hands there. And I can tell you now, if you've met Donnie Ashford, then you've tried his uh, seafood salad or his crab salad. My <laughs> gosh, that man. Hey, man. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, man, crab salad. I, I was sitting there. As soon as you started talking about him racing, I was thinking about him cooking, my man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. He's a hell of a cook, too. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's yeah he's a great guy, man. We missed him a couple years. He he used to come down to the um, Jim Morgan Memorial that we have, you know, first weekend in December. And Donnie was the the, the show buddy. He was the cook, my man. And uh, he didn't come for a couple years, and everybody missed that, my man. Everything about him, you know. Yeah. Uh, now Kevin. Yeah, Jordan, I think old uh, Rhett Wilson well? won the factory stock, didn't he, last year? Who was it? Who was that? Rhett Wilson out of Okeechobee, I think he won the factory oh, yes, stock race set last year, yes, didn't sir. he? 
Yes, sir. And I believe Kevin, yeah. Kevin Durden actually won it the year before, but he got uh, disqualified for um, spicing up his rule book or something like that. It, they 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 checked <laughs> and found out that his rules weren't didn't actually match any tracks. So, uh, but both of those guys, Florida's always come up and put on a hell of a show up there at the House of Hook. It, it's like every every radio show I do, somehow the House of Hook gets mentioned in the Southern Street Stock Nationals, which is just amazing that that event. It's going on ten years strong, and man, it's gotten bigger and bigger almost every year. We used to we used to party till uh, five or six in the morning, uh, racing modifies when the sun comes up. Now, Mr. Rodney Wayne, he's done cut out all those other divisions, and we're just mainly racing uh, the factory stock Pier Street cars, and the uh, of course the uh, the street stocks. But uh, man, that's that's that is awesome to to talk with you and and uh, and hear my my home track talk about. Uh, like it is in the state of Florida. Guys, I mean, we hold no torch to what y'all do down there, I promise you. Um, but but the hard work and dedication of the track and the promoters and all the way down the line of making these guys special and making this race special, they race for $5,000 now. And I think it started out that they were racing for like 1000 or 2000 So you look at some of these $10,000, $15,000 to win races, uh, that are being put on now, and 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 you're just like, man, what makes it so special? Show up in August, and you'll see what makes the Southern Street Side National so special. But uh, yeah, thank you, uh, thank you for the compliments there. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to know where you're from. When I heard that, I couldn't help but mention it. You know, so a lot of yes, our sir. guys enjoy it. But I tell you, man, it's it's. Uh, I wish you were closer where you could see this weekend. This weekend is going to be something else too. I mean, we should. Uh, well. Ken, Put on a the, great show. the, the um, folks that were there recording a few uh, back in the uh, early, well, early spring for us down here in February, March, are they going to be there again this weekend? No, that's no. my boys there from Dunright TV. Uh, yes, sir. Dun, they'll be back here in the fall, you know, and they'll stay okay. through the winter. This is their winter home here. But you know they're going all over the country right now, um, so we won't see them till the fall and we'll, for the Morgan Memorial, and then we'll see them right up through the Winter Nationals. You know, but they, uh, you know, they won't be here this weekend. Well, we'll have to figure out a way to do Facebook Live. We'll get when I get to the track Saturday. We'll figure it out. So yeah, I'd uh, love to stream it out. I know, I know a lot of tracks frown on it, you know, but I, I kind of encourage it. I want to see it go out to other places where. You know, people can see it. So um, I'm going to give a shout-out to one guy, too, that uh, I had a deal called the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. You might have heard of it. But we, uh, you know, we had a late model series for eight or nine years that was all around Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. And a uh, shout-out to Mark Whitener, the magic man, for winning the two years in a row up at Lernerville, that 20 grand to win. He's a, he all right, Taz Taylor, what do you got, buddy? Well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before he says anything, you said you said something about Whitener. You know, Whitener and Brooks Strain chased each other through the infield one year up at the house hook for the win. That's another memorable, uh, <laughs> memorable. And then what? Couldn't figure out why he got why he got disqualified. He said, "Look, man, I crossed the finish line. Yeah, but you went to the infield to do it." So <laughs> I remember hearing a little about something about that. All right, Tad so, Taylor. So, we got the event going on. Um, you said there 
I have two questions lined up. One is basically there's going to be like no live streaming or anything like that, or is that going to be in the works in, within the week? No, if we can get it live streamed out, I'm good with that. We don't, we don't have done right TV there or anybody. We don't have a TV outfit there. You know, they'd have to do it, you know, Facebook live or something. You know, I don't have any live streaming for this event. All right. And then for the second question is, is there like, um, I know sometimes people go to racetracks and they, um, they get in on uh, a little something, something called the 50, 50 drawing. Is there going to be any of that? In how oh yeah, in? absolutely. We're going to start on Friday night collecting for that. I want that to be a big deal. Cause what we do is we, you know, of course the fans get 50 and what we do is we put the rest in our driver's fund, you know, for our driver's points deal. Right. You know, so, yeah, we want to make that as big as possible, and, yeah, we'll definitely have one. Well, I'll tell you what, Ken, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sweeten the pot, so to speak. We're going to do a concy drawing, and I'm going to be willing to give away a backyard, backyard entertainment package to uh, at least one other one of the people that didn't win the uh, – that didn't win the fifty-fifty. It's not as glorious, oh, that'd be but hey, awesome. it's something. It's something. Oh no, I think that's awesome. Are you kidding me? Most people have, you know, you know, would love to have that, you know. So, and and Craig, I tell you, man, I I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I, I really want you to be a a big part of the speedway moving forward. I uh, I kind of rededicated myself to you know really trying to take it to the next level again, promoting it, building it. And, uh, you know, because by trade, I'm, I have mobile home dealerships, so I got a 100-hour-a-week job as it is. But uh, the racetrack, you know, is my passion, and, uh, you know, it's going to take guys like you and shows like this to take it to the next level. It really is. I mean, I think if all promoters need to uh, uh, embrace the shows and the people with the passion to put them on because that's, that's how you spread the word, my man. about the 50-50 deal only because of um... – I know up here, and I I'm from up New York anyway. And one of my local tracks, Fonda Speedway, one of the big hits is fifty fifty. And Fonda this year has not hit anything lower than two thousand dollars. And there's times where the fifty fifty winners walked out more than our uh, headlining class uh, winners' paycheck. So, for, so, and usually we and usually they hit uh, insane amounts for big events like this. So. I know sometimes that helps uh, get the draw of fans just trying to go in for 50-50 and spend a little bit of cash. No, I think that's awesome. I'll tell you, man, I had some bad luck. Uh, My house got hit by lightning, and I lost my uh, Internet and everything because I was pushing this event and absolutely booming it. I got to where I had to drive over the bridge and go sit in in the, the grocery store parking lot trying to connect to their Wi-Fi in the middle of the night to keep, you know, throwing it out there at night. And, uh, you know, but one of the big things uh, right before that happened, what I was thinking about, I looked at how big the 50-50 was. Um, was it at the Dream or the World 100 a couple weeks ago? What was the race up there at Stewart's Place? The 100. Uh, I think it was yeah, the Dream. Yeah, I can't remember what the uh, what the 50-50 was, but it was like – I, I could be wrong, but I thought it was like twenty, thirty thousand or more. <laughs> Did you guys hear That'd about that? That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was an astronomy, uh, 
It was like yeah, it was like number. a lottery deal, man. I mean, it was big time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I you thought, about, you, uh, and I thought about, about that. I said, man, you know, I need to get this thing out on Facebook and do a fifty-fifty, and start doing it two weeks in advance, man. This is pretty cool, you know. Right, right, right. All right, uh, Ken, uh, you were amazing as always. And remember, we we have other outlets and shows that uh, we can bring you on that are more in-depth with actually promoting races. Uh, we have the Southern Dirt Track Report uh, that comes on on Thursday nights, and uh, we have a, more of a sit-down interview type uh, show with the Jay Dillon Show. And, and you're always welcome here on Race Chat Live. Uh, we've kind of built a community of networks uh, for for the dirt track community right here at the 110 Nation Sports uh, Network. And uh, we have uh, an awesome fearless leader that uh, gives us the – ability to uh do what we do and you know it, it takes that support uh from the top to give me and craig and taz the opportunity to come on here and speak with you so uh we do we do appreciate your time and uh coming on and making it entertaining as well uh, that's always a that's always a plus when you've got a, a promoter that knows how to talk appreciate that man i uh i try it like i said i have a big passion and you guys are a great group of guys and uh I'm going to learn some stuff through Craig, too. I, I'm, you know, we were talking a little bit today, and I've seen some of the work that his girl does uh, uh, as far as uh, flyers and different things. And I um, I get, you know, you get these good ideas. And when and guys like you guys come along, Craig, um, you know, it, it really, again, you can take the track to the next level because the more talent you bring in. Um, and that's what it's been about since we started. I mean, we've get – uh, another good person, another good person, another good person. They bring different things to it, and if if you're not open to ideas, you're dead. You know, so I, I really, uh, I really want to push the track and and uh, make it go to the next level. That is that is awesome, and uh, appreciate you uh, very much for coming on again. Uh, yeah, taking time out of your probably insanely busy schedule. To, um, <laughs> uh, do you, um, do you have any do you have any sponsors or partners that kind of help uh, track that, that kind of help you with the track and whatever and uh, week in week out basis or whatever? Do you yeah, I do. I do. Here? Yeah, I'd love to take them and just thank a few people. Um, uh, you know, I hate if I forget somebody, but I I want to thank. First of all, John Wilson, he spends a lot of time out there prepping that racetrack. And, I mean, the guy lives, eats, and breathes racing, you know. And, uh, you know, he, he's going to be out at the house of Hook, you know, when it comes along with his boys. But he he lives it, man. And I want to thank him. I want to thank the Kavanaugh's, the entire Kavanaugh family, Will and uh, Melody and, and uh, you know, the rest of their family. They, they put a huge effort into the – kids program you know and and they're going to be out there this weekend in force you know giving out stuff to the kids flags water guns all kinds of you know bags and stuff i want to thank them of course uh i mentioned campany roofing earlier i want to thank david mccormick over at tire zone um i want to thank randy rich burke you know he's another promoter like craig he does you know craig's a great promoter promoter and randy is pretty awesome himself um, thank Jason Beckner, Racing Jason. You know, he's our, our voice of the Speedway, but he also does a lot of flyers and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I know I'm going to get in trouble because I'm going to forget somebody. But, uh, you know, I, I thank my staff, especially, you know, my staff and, uh, you know, for all that they do behind the scenes. 
Awesome, awesome. Cool. Man, Boy, can't wait for you to take your time. And uh, look forward to uh, building a partnership uh, with you and through Craig, and uh, ha- hope to have you on uh, not just this show, but our but our family of other shows as well. And uh, we're welcoming you back anytime, my friend. And uh, I'll be looking for those uh, tickets when I come down there. Yes, sir, man. Stay fast. I'll see you soon. All right. Good deal. All right. Ladies Thanks. and gentlemen. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Have a good one. You too. All right. Well, it is refreshing when you get a promoter on that likes to talk. Oh, always. It makes the job so much easier, uh, Craig Moore. Uh, it's it, Ken, Ken Neely. Ken Kenny. Ken, Ken Kenny, okay. Of uh, McKendry County Motorsports Speedway. Did I get that right? Right, of okay. Henry County Motorsports Park. Oh, okay, Motorsports. Okay, okay, yeah. So, um, yes, uh, I got to work on that end of it. Sorry, uh, but uh, yeah, awesome, great, great guest. Uh, helped uh, helped us move right along into our uh, our next segment. Uh, you know, the show has gone so smooth tonight. We stayed on schedule. We've had great topics. Uh, I believe that we've uh, kept each other uh, at bay, haven't talked over each other too much. Uh, it's, we're moving right along. It's been a great show already. Uh, fans, uh, if y'all are enjoying our show, make sure that you share it, you like it. And uh, uh, we just got a couple of good compliments, guys. I hope y'all, I hope y'all didn't miss uh, a little tooting of the horn there saying uh, we, we work well together. That's always uh, good feedback is, uh, is, is about like a piece of candy, man. It makes everybody smile. Absolutely, and I, I like candy. Um, I like candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do we think? What do we think the hot topics are going to be to this coming weekend going into? I mean, I know that uh, Taz is heading out to Stafford to see the Superstar Racing Experience. Um, First, I think we forgot the stat of the day. Stat of the day. And 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 then is that kind of a prequel to Monday's headlines today, uh, Craig? Is that is, is that where we are at the itinerary? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's where we're at, and then we got to get to our yeah. picks because uh, right. we've got a plethora of them. I know uh, CJ's gotten his in already to Miss Lee and myself. So, uh, so stat of the day. Uh, Craig shared is Bubba Wallace, 118 green flag passes. That's the most at Nashville. Now I added to that um, later on, because we were talking about that earlier. There were 2,470 green flag passes this past weekend in the cup race. And Bubba for and Bubba himself accounts easily for almost 5% of that. Four point seven eight to be exact, and that doesn't sound like a whole lot. But when you look at his, the percentage doesn't sound like a whole lot. But when you look at the number of passes that he had, that was a considerable amount of passes. And uh, getting back, just revisiting something real quick. I think that if he gets a stout, if I think if he gets a stout pit crew, if they stop relying on the seventh and eighth string of JGR. That uh, that team at twenty three eleven could be a formidable team, so we'll just have to see if they do that. Any part of a crew swap, as we mentioned earlier, but um, you know that's an impressive stat, no, mo- no matter how you look at it. 
so y'all said the truck series was off this weekend. We're going to Road America. There has been a little bit of controversy this week, or or discussion, I should say, uh, about Chicago getting a street course and people uh, automatically assuming uh, that this road course will, the street course will be replaced by a road course. And Road America has not signed on to an extension for their track deal. Uh, so most are speculating that Chicago street race will be traded for this upcoming uh, weekend's Road America, which has replaced, may I add, the Daytona, the Pepsi 400, or the, the Firecracker 400, whatever you want to call it, um, which was a staple race of most of our lives, I think all of our lives. That race was always raced in July. Um, where I go with this, I mean, whether or not, uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts? Is this Chicagoland, is, is this our last year for Road America? This should have been discussed the last hour, but we didn't get to it, so let's let's go here first. Um, you know, where do we stand with Chicago and possibly the replacement of Road America but I say scratch all that because I am who I am, and I say put Daytona back on this date, and, we'll, and, and the rest will come out in the wash, right? Where do, where do you guys stand? Dad, well, Craig. here's what I think. I don't think we need another road course. I think we've got plenty of them. Um, I think we. I agree with you, Chris. I think we should go back to Daytona in July. Go back to the Coke Zero Four Hundred, the Pepsi Four Hundred, the Firecracker Four Hundred. Call it whatever the hell you want. But put it back where it belongs, and that's on the Fourth of July weekend. And I don't, I don't think the the schedule needs another. Um, I don't think the schedule needs another road course. I mean, we've got, we've got too many now as it is. Um, and I mean, that's my thought, Taz. I'm interested to hear what you have to say, but I say no more road courses. Give me back Daytona in July. Well. You say don't add another road course, but if we're ta- but if they're basically taking Chicago street course and replacing, say, Road America, you're not really adding; you're kind of replacing for what you're losing. Um, but being that, if but if they say add a road course, or yes, if you add a street course to on top of what we have. Now and take away an oval track. Um, it better be this oval track better be a bad one. And when I say that, it, I mean not bad in the sense of market, but bad in the sense of the racing product. Um, if that's my deal, um, I've known I'm not going to go against the fact of a street course because the street course races that I have seen. Have, from, have come from our friends up uh, above the border uh, on the Cana- Canadian side of things. The Pinty Series, they put on some great street course races, uh, much different from road course races because, you know, obviously a street is different from, like, an actual track surface, so tire wear plays a little differently. Um, but it also is just – if. Uh, we're going to bring in a street course. I would say replace a road course. So if we're going to lose Road America, then I think Chicago is going to hit um, hit something there. Uh, but I would 
Yeah, we have the rover. You can't. You can't. What's that? We could turn the rover. We could turn the rover back into an oval. That would get rid of a a road course. I understand NASCAR's frame of mind by doing a street course, but I don't want to do a humongous street course where you know it's it's going to be no passing or anything like that. I'd like to see a short road course. Uh, similar to what uh, Miami did uh, without the long straightaway. Uh, but, uh, so, you know, I mean, it's... I want to play all of you on that one because, because in my opinion, if we're going to lose a Roval, per se, I would say go every other year of Indianapolis. And here's the reason why. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Indianapolis road course serving as the brickyard race uh, that's just my opinion, but fans, a lot, a decent amount of fans like the Indy Road Course, and I, I personally don't know why. I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of it. But me neither. Bring the, bring that back. Bring the but, brickyard back. I'm right there with. You. But if we're gonna now, we've eliminated we two road courses. If we can alternate between the oval and the road course for Indy, like say, see, okay. So 2022, we get Indy Road Course, all right? So next year, we say, all right, Indy can race the oval, and we're not running the road course oval, whatever whatever you want to call it. So this is where Chicago can take the advantage. That's where I think that could come into play. And then um, say the next year, okay, we won't do the Chicago street course because of Indy. Kind of play that, like, Midwest uh, back-and-forth deal. Because I'm with Craig, I don't want to add another road course because we have plenty as it is. But if we're going to lose a road course, then Chicago can obviously uh, take advantage of it. Say Indy Roval, get rid of it entirely. But I would be okay, I guess, if we could alternate it. And on the years that Indy doesn't have the road course for the Brickyard, then Chicago uses it. Yeah, I mean, Taz, I, let I, me I, ask I have to stand with you on that, Taz. I'm, I'm, I think we have got our limit of road courses. I'd like to exclude some of these. I do like the idea of a floating road course or a street course. Um, I, I like the idea of going into big cities similar to what we've done uh, with the uh, with the California race with the L.A. Coliseum. That's a that's a, a place where we can tap into. I'm not going to stop until we have a race at Yankee Stadium. I want to see a cup race at Yankee Stadium. I mean, this is I, I want it. I want it to happen because what better place can you advertise your product than the most famous stadium ever built, right? Well, okay, then maybe we should go to Boston and Fenway Park, okay, uh, or, or even Chicago uh, where the Cubs play. Uh, uh, with that uh, anyway. Uh, to stay on subject here, uh, but uh, I, you know these are I, I, I'm not I'm not putting down the fact I, I want to see the Chicago road course or street course, but I want to see it eliminate at least one. I think we can all agree put the July race back if you want to if you want to create a wild card environment. We've got that now with Atlanta. Atlanta used to be the end of the point season uh, for years, right? Uh, it was the end of the year, right? So uh, they raced in Atlanta the last race of the season. That was where the battle of Bill Elliott, Alan Kowicki, and Davey Allison come down to. Let's put that race into a type of wild card race now. Let's let's stick that race there. 
Uh, it's a lot better time than next week where we go to Atlanta. They go to Atlanta, hot Atlanta, in the middle of July. We were in Nashville uh, a week ago. Why are we not racing places like Dover and Ohio and, and you know, places that are known to be a little bit cooler uh, this time of year? Michigan, for crying out loud, Pocono. Uh, this, this is this is the time where we should be racing those cooler area racetracks, not Nashville, and definitely not hot Atlanta. So, uh, but uh, that's looking forward. We're not looking backwards. We're moving forward here on the show. Uh, Want to thank you guys for listening tonight's been an awesome show, man. I feel like we've been on our groove. Uh, you can catch us on the One Nation Sports. Uh, you can get us at the Pod, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I like Spotify, guys. If you download the link to the uh, uh, to the to the Facebook, you don't even have to leave Facebook to listen to the podcast. So that is totally cool. I figured that out the other night, and I wanted to share it with you guys. Uh, but uh, so we're coming to Road America. Uh, this has been a sellout place. That's another thing. Like, why are we going to go away from a place that sells out, right? And Road America has sold out every year that it's been on the Cup schedule. Um, I, I just I'm, I'm having a hard time fathoming. Uh, and while we're while we're uh, even putting this into debate, but uh, uh, that that also contradicts what I said about putting Daytona uh, back on the Fourth of July. Uh, so it, it is Road America. It's the longest cautions in the freaking world. It takes 15 minutes to get back green uh, because the size of this place is like four miles long. Uh, your thoughts on what we're going to see and what type of product we're going to get this weekend, guys? I think I'm kind of hoping for an exciting race, but I don't really think so. I think you're going to get more excitement out of the SRX race than you're going to get out of Road America. Wow. Tough balls, man. Tough balls. Wow. And, and, I, and I know Taz is like licking his chops in his beard. Like the food that he ate for dinner is probably still in his beard. He's probably still got food in his beard. <laughs> no, no, no! Don't get it twisted, Taz. I'm not a big fan of the no, senior no, racing. No, 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 no! You're coming to the double side. Keep going. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the senior racing experience, but I will say this: this road right, course is huge. Yeah, this road course is huge. A lot of stuff's going to be missed. I don't care how good NBC's coverage is; stuff's going to get missed. And like Chris says, that the cautions take forever. Um, so I think you're going to get more excitement out of watching the SRX race than you are going to get out of watching the Cup and the Xfinity races at South Ball, or at uh, Mid Ohio this weekend. Oh, Xfinity <laughs> coming to the dark side. <laughs> wow. So 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 the the the. Uh... Uh, Road America is in Wisconsin. The Xfinity Series is racing in Mid Ohio. Is that what you said? No, Road No, Road America is everybody. I think I, I just think oh, okay. he misplaced okay. where Road America was. Okay, all right, my bad. So uh, yeah, um, I think it's going to be a good race. Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, maybe we'll get some rain or something. But uh, it's a beautiful. That's a beautiful place to be uh, for the Fourth of July weekend. Is uh, up in Wisconsin. It's a nice, cool breeze up there, um, and you know uh, it's a it's a road course race. So I think a lot of NASCAR fans just don't feel that it's very important 
uh, to have to sit around and watch a race. They'd rather be barbecuing and going swimming and catching up with the race results later on on YouTube or something. So uh, it's kind of a win-win situation, I guess, for everybody. <laughs> but like Craig said, there's no way. This track's so big, there's no way you're going to catch the action and the real action that's going on. Uh, they'll, it'll never make the camera because this place is just too damn big. Uh, I believe we've got uh, our fan question uh, submitted this week. Uh uh, from Miss Rebecca, I, I know I've shared it with you guys. Uh, I'll read it real quick as we get ready to uh, to move on into our picks and Monday's headlines today. I think we've already. I think you just heard mine and Craig's Monday's headlines, so it's uh, it's kind of. But yeah. We'll, but we'll get there here in <laughs> just just a second. Uh, so the question. All right. Uh, well, I shared it, Chris. Uh, please thank Taz for his answer from last week's question. She's going to continue on this week with another SRX question. So great job, Taz Taylor. You have influenced a fan uh, to become uh, interested in the sport. We we had got They're her to coming the through the series. dark side. <laughs> now now we've got her over here interested in the SRX series. So uh, uh, is SRX similar to Cup in starting track position? I was told things get a little bit switched up. Can you explain? Uh, thanks as always. So, so track positions with Cup. Um, basically, obviously, their starting lineup is determined by qualifying, and um, if they don't have qualifying for whatever reason, um, usually, now that we're out of the COVID years of it, um, once COVID nineteen, um, once. So if qualifying doesn't happen, which now is basically because of weather, um, they fall back onto their system that they used um, during the COVID years, which was basically um, where you finished that influenced it, um, fast lap time, uh, that that sort of deal. Um, if you're similar with dirt track racing, they, in a way, they came up with a advanced, very advanced handicap system, pretty much. Um, and for SRX, um, and obviously with the cup level, um, they basically try to keep everybody uh, on the le- on the lead lap. Um, so if a yellow comes out and the car needs to come down. Um, obviously, like, they fix repairs under yellow or get a new tire like Bubba Pollard did. They don't lose a lap under yellow. Um, um, the only time they lose a lap is under green. Uh, in Cup Series, obviously, that's a lot different. You lose a lap regardless uh, if it's yellow or green. Um, in terms of the starting lineup for SRX, uh, it's just done by random draws. So, 12 drivers. Uh, put their hand in a bag and draw a number, and that's pretty much where they start. Um, sometimes they'll draw either um, a few days before the race or they'll do the drawing. Um, like, I believe they did the drawing for Stafford, like, right after the South Boston race, because Tony Kanan, um, who won't be there at Stafford, unfortunately, uh, he did the drawing he get to draw uh, Haley Deegan's uh, number, and Haley Deegan will be starting on the pole for uh, Saturday at, S- at uh, SRX. So, um, and of course, Heat Two is the invert finish of Heat One. So, if you finish last in Heat One, you start uh, on pole for Heat Two, and then you average your two finishes to get your uh, feature event starting lineup. 
All right. Well, I think I that answers his question. Yep. I, I, I think yes, that, I'm sorry. That was awesome. I think that answered her question. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I couldn't have answered that. That's, uh, that was in-depth. Uh, I, I actually need to go back and listen to it again so that I'm in better understanding because I thought passing points had something to do with it. So that shows how much uh, how much I know about things, uh, passing points. Maybe that's something that uh, Miss Rebecca has not uh, heard before. Maybe she'll want to inquire about passing points. Um, so now we're, now we're, we're, we're in our closing minutes. Uh, such a great show. So I guess we uh, we have our picks uh, for this weekend for Road America. Of course, Xfinity and uh, Cup are racing at Road America. Um, I thought I was digging myself out of the out of the cellar, and uh, somebody just pulled the bucket right out from up underneath me again. Um, I'm glad has. I didn't change my pick to Ben Rhodes because that wouldn't have worked out well for me. Um, or last week when I was so convinced that I was making the wrong pick. And then Josh Berry wrecked early uh, in the Xfinity side. Um, well, Chris, Chris, I'm going to give you some good news here about your picks. On the cup side, you're finally not last. And on the SRX side, you're the point leader. Oh, wow. All right. I'm leaving something. Yeah, I mean, every uh, once in a while, a uh, squirrel finds a nut. Yep. We love you, Chris. I, I have glasses. <laughs> All right. So Chris is up so first. Pick pick. first. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm picking first, baby. And I'm very upset that Jason has put in his picks before me, and I expect a rule change next year. The only advantage that you have when you're picking first is if nobody else can take your pick. So I, I, I am petitioning now for a rule change next year that once somebody is picked, they can no longer be picked uh, by any other team members. Uh, because it, so does, you're saying, it, it does put that with the executive board and figure it so, out. So you're saying, so you're implying next year, the SRX pick rule. Yeah. It's kind of like the yes. Kyle Bush rule. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, because, because it doesn't really give you any advantage to pick first. Uh, when when everybody else can have can uh, pick who you pick, so the only advantage that was there was if everybody picked the same pick. And I haven't looked at Jason's pick, so I don't know if he picked the guy that I did. Uh, because I'm going, I'm going with Chase Elliott uh, on the Cup side, and uh, so we got Chase everybody- Elliott. And, uh, I mean, how do you go with somebody besides A.J. Allmendinger? Who else in the Xfinity series? Uh, Ty Gibbs? Maybe Ty Gibbs? Uh, Give me somebody who you think in the Xfinity series that could win at Road America. I mean, I'm I'm the guy sitting here in last place. I, I don't know. I will. I don't know. There's just I don't know. there's Justin Allgaier who's won on road courses. Um, let's see here, uh, Jeremy Clements, uh, not a popular name, but he has won on a road course before. I think Road America was it. I may mislead. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, trying to think who else on the Xfinity side. Ty Gibbs is a potential, obviously. Um, trying to think who else. Maybe maybe we could see first time winner of. Maybe Ryan Sieg. 
Austin Hill, maybe? Something. Yeah, there's him, too. Sheldon Creed, I'm going, maybe. You know what? I don't like Chase Elliott. And I'm picking him to win. And I don't like Ty Gibbs. So, I, I, I'm going to take my pick away from A.J. Allmendinger. He got me the win last time. I don't know if I could really go back-to-back. So, I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs. And I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. It's the I don't like these guys week. That might actually that might actually be a good pick to stay at the bottom of the uh, barrel. You may have just jinxed them. So, Craig. So wait, Chris, you're going with Chase Elliott Uncup and who for the Xfinity? Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. Okay. It's I hate me week. All right. And your SRX pick. You know, that's a good one. That's really a good one. Uh, I like the idea that Haley's there. I don't think that she's going to win. Let me scroll back up here. I want to make sure that I pick the right guy. Greg Biffle's been knocking on the door. Justin Marks is doing his debut. Michael Walter, Bill Elliott, I don't think those guys. Ryan Hunter Ray could be, could be. Um, Bobby Labonte, Ryan Newman. Man, I mean, who do you go with? You know, I'm going with Ryan Newman. You're going Ryan Newman? I'm going Ryan Newman, man. All right. Well, my turn to pick. On the activity side, you didn't pick my guy. That's right, because oh, I'm, I might make Miss Lee mad on this one. So here we go. Here we go. Xfinity, I'm going. Oh, I want to go Justin Allgaier. Even though I have a feeling Dinger's going to do it. And Cup. Oh, boy. I'm going to go Shastain. Wow. And SRX, this is where Miss Lee's going to hate me for this one because I'm going with the modified guy. That's right, the Spring Sizzler winner who got who had to earn this opportunity, big money, Matt Hirschman. I'm going with the local representative. Wait, I heard that. All right, Craig, I want to hear your senior tour pick. <laughs> no, Miss well, Lee is actually up. Miss Lee is up. Oh, hell. Damn it. <laughs> Miss Lee. Now right, let's see what Miss Lee's got. We're waiting. We're waiting. Uh, let me see. I don't think she's picked any yet. Oh, yeah. No, that's CJ's pick. So. She said, Danger. She says, Danger. Danger. And Torres. Wow. Who's your, who's your, um, SRX pick? Why don't we just bring her on here at this time, time of hour? Miss Lee, we, we need to implement you in here. Bobby Labonte! 
I knew Bobby Labonte was going to go. I knew he was going to go, and I have a feeling that Greg Biffle's going to go, too. All right, Craig. That brings Craig. Uh, we have, did you already list, did you already list Jason's, CJ's? Yes, I did. Okay. What's this, what's All right, so my, my Xfinity pick. Well, first off, we're going to go with my senior racing experience pick. I'll give you that one first. I'm surprised yes. nobody picked him. Yes. I'm surprised nobody picked him, and that is Justin Marks. Ah. Uh, rolling that on is, That's what you're that's, – and you know what? I'm, I'm not surprised that you went there. Be in the luck that you've had off of these. Uh, I the knew you were doing. You, you're, <laughs> you're rolling the dice here, baby. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm rolling the dice. In the Xfinity, I'm going to take AJ Allmendinger. And in the Cup race, in the Cup race, are you ready, baby? I'm going to take the Candy Man. Ah, who is Kyle Busch? Uh huh. I like that. I like that. Kyle is knocking on all cylinders right now. He is the true – I believe he – he may not be at the top of the charts, but he is my favorite right now for the Cup Championship. And and, and you just look at the season that he's putting together, and and, and that could be our opening arguments next week, whether or not Kyle Busch is, is a true contender. I think I really, what we just found what Monday's headlines today uh, by Craig is. But, uh, all right, so that's, uh, that's uh, Jason's picks. Or uh, um, well, his picks are Elliot Dinger and Tony Stewart. So uh, that's it, right? I mean, that's everybody. Yeah, that's that everybody. It. All right, Monday's headlines today. I've already said it. Chase Elliott goes back to back. All right, Monday's headlines today. Road America is a sleeper. Justin Marks wins the SRX. Oh wow, Taz. Fireworks continue to rumble in Stafford. See you later, Road America. I like it. Finally, that was, that was good. We did good. Guys, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, it's been a great show tonight. We got a couple of compliments. Uh, everything felt smooth, right on time. Uh, we did go a couple minutes over, uh, but that's okay. Uh, when you're having a good time, that's just generally what happens. Man, we've got a network of shows. I hope that you check them out. Uh, Southern Dirt Track Report on Thursday night. We got the Jay Dillon Show on Sunday night. We got the 110 Nation Sports Show, the big daddy of them all, Mr. CJ Sports. Uh, he does the show on Monday night. And then, of course, on Tuesday night, it's Race Chat Live. Uh, tune in next week. We'll be back uh, for our post. Uh, our post uh, Now, Taz, you're taking next week off? Yes, sir. Taz is not going to be here. I'll. I, I, I'll let you know later in the week what, what I decide to do, um, Craig. Uh, but if not, then maybe I, we can get you a, a fill-in co-host to help you. Uh, but uh, So I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, don't uh, drink and drive this week, please. If you've been drinking, don't drive. It's not worth it. DUIs are not worth it. They're out there. They're, there's going to be checkpoints all around. Um, stay safe. Uh, enjoy your holiday. Uh, let freedom ring. I believe the Supreme Court has put a lock on uh, what uh, on several issues this week. We are there is a chance that we could survive this administration. There is a small chance, 
but there is still a chance that we can survive this administration. So keep on praying for this country. Enjoy your freedoms. Don't let anybody uh, – we, we have to have the attitude in this life that we would rather uh, uh, lose, our, lose our head than to ever serve a government from our knees. So um, I, I believe uh, that's where we're at in this nation right now, and uh, we need to stand up and take our freedom and uh, make sure that we make this country great again, whether it be through a president that's already been elected once and, and, and removed from office or a, a whole new beginning in a party that, uh, that we can believe in for this country. Um, but uh, to not try to be political, I, do, I think my guys around me, they feel kind of similar that I do. Uh, um, as a matter of fact, uh, we played the old rugged flag. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Craig, you did say that we have downloaded or gotten ready the prayer, right, for uh, the the Nashville race from 10 years ago. Is that is that correct? Yeah, buddy, it is in the audio bank. It is only 56 seconds long, but it is classic. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to sign off with that. Hope that you listen to the show uh, next week and uh, just share it around and do uh, – do all those cool things. Uh, anything else there before we go to the prayer and then our sign-off song? Let's see. I don't see it. No. Or, you know, just get right. out and support your local tracks. Okay. All right. So I'm going to do my bit quick, and then we'll do the everything else. Um, so you can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio, obviously, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, RSS Feed. Google Podcast, Stitcher, Geosaving, Podcast Addict, Deezer, Podchaser, YouTube, and PodPage.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Phoenix Fitness, Bears Bullish Market Group, and Carolina Sports Plus. And with that being said, we'll see you same bat time, same bat place next Tuesday night, hopefully, maybe. If not, we'll see you in two weeks. Have a good night. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things, give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and Goodyear Tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, 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 amen. I love it. I love it. All right. Sign off, guys. We'll see you all later. Good night, everybody. Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way Just a little bit more than the normal.
change if they could. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood. Yeah. 